catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning, June 23rd. I'm Jacob Sedesi. And I'm Elliot Trito. And this is The Point from WUFT News. As the astronomical summer begins, a heat wave could be coming in over the next couple of weeks with temperatures of over 100 degrees in some parts of Florida. I spoke with Florida Public Radio Emergency Network's Melissa Fato about the associated health risks that come with the exposure to this kind of heat. Here's Melissa. The story that I just published is about a heat wave that is hitting Florida now midweek. We had some extreme heat last week. This is according to the FPREN meteorologists. We had some reprieve over the weekend, but now we're getting hit with some very high heat again. It's expected that in some parts of the state, especially in the northern half of the state where we are, the heat index could get to over 100 degrees. So that being said, my story is about the health risks of extreme of exposure to extreme heat and what you can do to look out for it and what you can do to treat it. Can you tell me a little bit about Dr. Tim Hendricks's role in your story? Sure. So he's the medical director of Advent Health Central Care, which is a group of urgent care centers in Central Florida. He's in Orlando. And essentially, I spoke to him about the signs of heat illness and what people can do to address it. So basically, what he said is that there's two kinds of heat-related illness. There's exertional illness and non-exertional illness. Exertional illness is probably something that we've all experienced at one point or another. So that's when, you know, you're doing yard work in the middle of the day and you start feeling dizzy and nauseous and you're really sweaty and you feel really fatigued. That is what is called, that that falls into the category of exertional heat illness. So most people who get heat exhaustion can treat it themselves by essentially going inside, cooling off, resting drinking water or other cool liquids. But then there's also non-exertional heat exhaustion. It's generally seen in very old people and very, very young children, like infants, because people in these categories, um, Dr. Hendricks said, are not able to self-regulate temperatures well. And there's a lot of danger in that because they may not be able to help themselves if they are experiencing symptoms of heat exhaustion. And they might not have it for any reason. They might not be exerting themselves at all. So in that case, not treating their heat exhaustion might lead to heat stroke, which is incredibly dangerous because it might lead to brain damage, organ failure, or even death. So in both situations, if someone has symptoms of heat exhaustion and their symptoms are not being resolved by cooling off, going inside, drinking cold water, if their symptoms are not resolving, meaning they're not um, improving, or they're showing forms of confusion or erratic behavior, that's when Dr. Hendricks says it's time to call 911 because this person can be at risk for heat stroke. And that's not the only group that's affected by this. In your article, you also mentioned how people who work outside, like farmers and construction workers or people in low-income areas, could be affected as well. How does this impact them? Dr. Hendricks, he does say that people who are um, workers who, who work primarily outdoors, like, say, construction workers or landscapers, they are more acclimated to outdoor temperatures, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to get heat exhaustion. I spoke to the director of the Farm Worker Association of Florida. His name is Nesafalkoyo Chutakutli, and Chutakutli says that heat illness is a huge problem in the farm worker community. One problem is that a lot of farm workers, low-wage farm workers, 
their earnings depend on the amount of crops they pick. So even though they can take a break, they're really disincentivized from taking a break and drinking water because they lose money the longer that they're not picking. Additionally, a lot of times the shade and the water isn't like right there in front of them. Sometimes they have to walk long distances to be able to access those resources, even though they're typically are provided by the employer and by some limited means, they might not be able to reach them in time if they're feeling really ill. He also said that a lot of farm workers and other low-income workers sometimes don't have adequate cooling at home. So maybe they have a window unit in like a common area, but it's likely that they might not have central cooling in the entire house. Um, and what that means basically is that their bodies aren't able to reset overnight, they might wake up dehydrated after a long day of work, and that's not going to help them for another long day of work. So those are some of the issues that farm workers and other outdoor workers see. That was the Florida Public Radio Emergency Network's Melissa Fato speaking about how Florida's high summer temperatures can lead to heat-related illnesses. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. The U.S. Supreme Court has refused to take up an appeal in a decades-old Tallahassee murder case. The News Service of Florida reports that Joe Elton Nixon was convicted and sentenced to death in August 1984 for kidnapping and murder. The Florida Supreme Court turned down an appeal from his attorneys last year that argued he should not be given the death penalty because he is intellectually disabled. His attorneys then appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Children ages six months to five years old are now approved to receive COVID-19 vaccines. However, as Fox 13 reports, Public says its pharmacies will not administer the vaccines to children under five at this time. The state of Florida did not pre-order vaccines from the federal government, which means the shots will not be available for this age group at county health departments. However, parents seeking a COVID-19 vaccine for their child can go to federally qualified health centers and other private care providers or pharmacies. The price to live in paradise is getting higher for homeowners. WFTS reports a new analysis found that Floridians pay property insurance premiums nearly three times the national average. The analysis came from the Insurance Information Institute and found homeowners are paying an average premium of $4,231 for insurance, compared to the U.S. average of $1,544. A spokesperson for the Institute, Mark Friedlander, says the gap is increasing and is well over 30% on average in Florida. The standard in the U.S. is under 10%. A Burmese python found in the Everglades is breaking records. NBC2 reports that the Conservancy of Southwest Florida declared the 18-foot-long python the largest documented of its species in Florida. To find the snake, biologists implanted radio transmitters into male snakes, which are attracted to the larger female snakes. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Melanie Trudeau. And I'm Jacob Sedesi. And you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Thursday.